podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time to talk K-State Texas Tech. K-State Texas Tech, I am pumped about it. It is always fun to talk about games when it is a, you know, top of the Big 12 clash. Uh, you know, with, with Texas Tech beating Texas, K-State, of course, beating Oklahoma, um, when you when you go to the uh, Big 12 standings, there it is. It is K-State, Baylor, Texas Tech, and Kansas sitting right there at one in one or one in oh. Folks, I'm I'm excited. I'm a little bit nervous. I I, I, I am I, I'm just waiting to get to Saturday. I, I know that is how everyone feels coming off of a win, but th- there's just something about that big win at Oklahoma, you know, that that just keeps you buzzing all week. Again, I, it, I mean, I have so much stuff to do at the secret day job, and just like, all right, you know, got to get through that, and then I, get, luckily for me, I get to talk K State every single night on this podcast and put it out with you guys, chop it up on Twitter. Um, th- this is why college football is the greatest sport in the world and for all the greatness that happens on Saturdays which again Saturdays at a college football game or Saturdays eating you know buffalo wings all day and watching a million games at home on TV um, the Saturdays and even you know the Thursdays and match and Tuesday went all that type of stuff that is great but I think what truly makes college football the greatest sport in the world is the build-up every single week and kind of the uh <laughs> you know for for a bet better lack of a better term the meltdowns the highs and the lows everything that goes into being a college football fan that isn't even on the Saturdays you know when, when the team is going well when things are going great it's the anticipations everything it's the build-up it's listening to all these different podcasts trying to find the local sports talk radio talking about your team it is the uh going back and forth with rivals on twitter on message boards all that type of stuff it's talking with your buddies all week about the game it is dissecting every small little word that's said by coaches and players in the press conferences it's just amazing it's just something that you don't get the camaraderie, the the just shoulder to shoulder nature. It's just something you don't get with the NFL. And I love college basketball, big college basketball, but but it's also not something that you get with college basketball. Like every game is not a life or death type of feel. Um, the build up to the games is not quite as intense because again, you're getting multiple games a week, so the build up isn't quite as insane. There's just something about college football, and maybe it's the scarcity as well. Only 12 regular season games. You know, NFL has 17. College basketball has 30. Baseball, 162. NBA, 81. I don't know how many games the NBA plays. NHL, no idea how many they play. So there's just something about it, and it's these weeks that make being a college football fan the best thing in the world. You know, don't let, and again, I don't want to go on this diatribe and rant, but, you know, don't let the tastemakers in Bristol, Connecticut, or Nashville, Tennessee, New York City, don't let them tell you what is or isn't important. Don't do that. Because we know exactly what's important, and we're getting to experience it. A couple of things uh, before we get into the Chris Kleiman press conference. Kelly Ford, who is one of those great, uh, you know, advanced analytic guys, someone who 
puts out a bunch of stats. I think he has his own probabilities. He has his own uh, systems and all that type of stuff. Uh, he put out a best wins so far of the 2022 season, which he defines it as what percent of top average top 25 teams would have won that game. So he says at K State at Oklahoma, only 35 percent of an average 25 top 25 FBS team would win that game, making it the best win so far of this football season this 2022 football season uh uh, marshall at notre dame was the number two game so that's pretty cool (laughs) i mean that's that's pretty darn cool we'll see uh we'll see we'll see what 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 they those uh rankings look like we'll see what better wins pop up in the 2022 football season um so not a lot of news that has been... Gen- Actually, no, that's a lie. There has been quite a bit of news, and it's mainly accolades coming from uh, national riders, coming from the conference when talking about uh, K-State football this week. So uh, Adrian Martinez, he won the Davey O'Brien National Quarterback of the Week. K-State was named the Cheez-It uh, uh, Top college football team of the week so they sent over a like an entire trailer full of different uh cheez-its to uh (laughs) to the uh football offices so you can see some great pictures on k-state football social media celebrating that uh chris Kleiman was named the dodd trophy coach of the week kobe savage was named the big 12 newcomer of the week and Adrian Martinez, the Offensive Player of the Week. So there's actually some of uh, that news um, surrounding different publications, different awards that Casey have gotten. Uh, They're top 25 in the AP poll. Uh, Weirdly enough, I think 30th or 31st unofficially in the coaches poll. Uh, it's, it's wild how different the coaches and the media poll, the AP poll, is so far this year. Uh, but, hey, K-State's back to being ranked top 25 team. Uh, beat Texas Tech. You're probably going to rise up in those polls as well. Uh, everything's in front of us. Everything's in front of us. Uh, it'll be a 630 game versus Iowa State. That was also announced earlier this week. So uh, a week from this upcoming Saturday. So I think it is October 8th. October 10th, I'm an idiot. October 10th, 6.30 ESPNU will be the K-State-Iowa State game. All right, let's get into Chris Con- or Chris Kleiman's press conference. But before we do, you know him, you love him. This show is sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. I cracked this before I even started recording because I was thirsty. I wanted it, and it's delicious. I am drinking on the Lazy Pirate New England style IPA. Just a juicy, delicious, crushable IPA from my friends over at Manhattan Brewing Company. After the Texas Tech game, you want to celebrate a K-State win, hopefully. Go into Manhattan Brewing Company, hang out, drink a couple pints, take a couple four-packs to go, and thank me later. Tell all your liquor stores in the state of Kansas to stock Manhattan Brewing Company. They're the best craft brewery in the state of Kansas. Again, if you want the freshest, most refreshing, delicious beer, get it right from the source right there at the tap room. Yeah, you can hear me glug glug that right out of the can. I needed it. I didn't even pour it into a glass. It's that good. All right. So let's get into it. Um, one of the big takeaways from the Chris Kleiman press conference was uh, he wants to actually play even more up-tempo. He admitted that in previous years, he probably would have wanted to try to slow the game down. But Colin Klein chose to go fast, reel off a bunch of plays versus the Sooners, and it was one of the keys of the night. He said that because... They were playing faster because they were getting the ball going quicker. He said that there are a couple times that they found Oklahoma off guard and they were able to pick up 
you know, seven, eight yards where maybe it would have ordinarily been a three or four yard gain. He said that they're going to want to probably try to slow it down versus Texas Tech. Uh, Because Texas Tech is going to try to reel off a bunch of plays, snap the ball, go very quickly. But he says that for K-State to operate at their best, they're going to know, or they're going to need to go fast as well. He also wanted to point out that, hey, going fast and doing all that type of stuff really is dependent on being able to convert on third down. Now, I think Texas Tech like did over 100 or close to 100 plays versus Texas. Are we really going to see K-State try to match that sort of tempo? I mean, I think the game versus Oklahoma was one of the most snap games on offense, most uh, offensive plays that we've had, I think since like 2014 maybe I heard. So are we going to see K-State run 100 plays on offense? If so, I mean, this might be a game where, you know, it, all those plays, I mean, we, we might be seeing this game kick off at 11, getting over at 3, 3.30. It could be a long game. I'll be interested to see how quickly we decide to go on offense on Tuesday. That is going to be something I am really going to be keeping an eye out on. Now we got some health updates. First, I'm going to start with Drake Cheatham. He came out of the game late in that Oklahoma matchup, um, but Kleiman insisted he was fine. Cheatham was also one of the players who spoke to the media on Tuesday. So he's going to be a guy who will be back out there versus Texas Tech. And he had his best game as a Wildcat. I haven't gotten, or I haven't been able to. I'm, I'm trying to stop saying gotten. That's not correct English. I have not had the opportunity to go back and watch the entire game yet. I, I'm getting bits and pieces. But Drake Cheatham definitely had his best game as a Wildcat. And I'm, I am I really want to see him out there on te- versus Texas Tech. And with all those plays that are going to be run, we're going to need him out there. And we're going to need him to have another big game. Nate Matlack, he played a couple snaps on Saturday. Probably his biggest contribution was slowly jogging out there on that fourth and five uh, when Oklahoma stupidly made a late substitution and helped cause the delay of game for Oklahoma. Um, He tried to give it a go, wasn't really able to give it his all. The hope is that there will be more snaps in his arsenal versus Texas Tech. I imagine he's not going to be a full participant participant in practice this week, uh, but I, I think we're going to see his snap count go back up versus Texas Tech. The other health thing that we need to touch on, and it's not encouraging, um, Andrew Gang did not travel to Norman, Oklahoma, and the phrasing was used that he is out indefinitely and he wasn't going to dive. Chris Kleiman wasn't going to dive too deep into it. But he did mention that they're awaiting further tests. And then additional tests will be completed. And they're listening to the doctors. So it was inferred that this was a medical type issue, not an injury. And that is scary. That is very, very scary. Um, above what it means on the football field, we are rooting for Andrew Line Gang. Again, We don't know exactly what's going on. This isn't something where we're hiding it. It's not something that we know and we're keeping quiet. I legitimately do not know the issue. But all the context clues given me, it's like, all right, I'm not going to bother digging too deep on this. If I find out, I find out. But I I just want what's best. Uh, And and I might be be overanalyzing. I might be worrying a little bit too much. But whenever they're talking about a waiting test results, needing additional tests, and listening to the doctors saying out indefinitely and calling it a medical issue, uh, it's tough not to get a little worried hearing all that. Now, what does it mean for the offensive line? Well, you you already lost, you already lost Taylor Portier. Hadley Panzer is banged up. I mean, he's playing, but he's banged up. So is Cooper Beebe. So is KT Lev. Both of them have been battling cramps. 
But now where, where you used to think, all right, you're seven or eight deep with guys that you are feeling pretty trusted in, you're down to six and seven. Honestly, probably closer to six. You know, it, it's... It's it's not it's not good times right now in the offensive line. One big injury, and I, I think we're in a lot of trouble. Now Dawson Delforge came in and played well. He played well, um, but again, you, you don't really have a true tackle backup that you feel really good about. Um, besides Cooper Beebe, who again is your best player on the interior, and he's your best offensive lineman as a whole. So, especially with how fast they're wanting to play, especially with how many extra plays they're wanting to get in, conditioning hydration is going to be big for the offensive line and trying to stay healthy from here on out. I mean, because you're, you're one injury away from really only having trust in five guys. I'm not talking about the burger joint. Something that... Chris Kleiman made sure he mentioned multiple times in his press conference that this is going to be 12 one-week seasons for K-State. Now, I've kind of wrestled with this idea. Everyone's talking about how how much parity there is in the Big 12 and all this type of stuff. I still think that there's probably a better chance than not that we're going to see a separation. I think a lot of people are kind of getting a little bit carried away about the level of parity, myself included. Um, just because KU isn't trash anymore. Uh, KU very well may not be favored in another game this year. West Virginia, I mean, the same could be said for them. West Virginia could go 2-10 and 10 and it wouldn't shock anyone. And I think, you know, if you're looking straight on what Vegas would say and what advanced analytics would say, KU is going to go 4-8. and eight. So if those two things happen, all of a sudden there starts to be a little bit more definition of you know the upper class, the middle class, and the lower level of the Big 12. But regardless, regardless, even in years where the parity line isn't being trotted out there, the Big 12 has always been a conference where anyone can jump up and beat anyone any given week. So I think that... Chris Kleiman and coaches do this at every level. He was making sure because now the hype's back. The fans are talking about Arlington. The the team is back ranked. They're starting to get all these awards. I think Chris Kleiman was really trying to say, hey guys, I'm glad we won, but we have eight games, all of which we could possibly lose. So you have to stay Plugged in, you have to stay bought in. You have to prepare every single week just like we did versus Oklahoma. I mean, Joey McGuire and his squad beat Texas for the first time since 2008. They're more than capable of anything. And, you know, they're going to probably be having to come off that high a little bit just like we are. So which team is going to prepare? Which team is going to bounce back? Which team is going to get back, nose to the grindstone, pound the stone, pound the pavement? Any cliche you want. But it really is, I I mean, if if you're going to tell me one team is going to get back to work, get back in the game plan, get back in the playbook quicker than the other, it doesn't matter which team you're telling me. That's the one I'm going to pick to win. Especially when both teams are coming off of such an emotional high. So we're going to see what happens. Um, the last big thing that I took away from Chris Kleiman's press conference, he singled out TJ Smith and Uso as guys who need to get more snaps and guys who he was pleased with their snaps versus Oklahoma. Now... With as many plays that are going to be run on Saturday with Texas Tech, I think you're going to see those types of snaps. And even TJ Smith, I think we're going to see plenty of TJ Smith throughout the rest of the season. When it comes to Uso, and again, I loved him batting the balls down uh, on that final drive. I, I, I think Uso can be the real deal. 
But with Uso, you do have Eli Huggins, who is getting a lot of snaps. I don't know if I'm ready to put Uso in front of Hentz as that second guy or not. Uh, but I don't... I And again, big guys need to come out. I understand it. I still want to get every ounce out of Eli Huggins every game we can get him. Because low-key, that guy... I was asked in the Q&A who, who the defensive player of the year so far is. I think I landed on Kobe Savage. But I, I know I didn't give enough love and talk enough about Eli Huggins and what he's been able to do. And when you only have one nose guard, one defensive tackle, it's tough to get those guys out there a bunch. I get it. I think we see you know 10 to 15 snaps from, from Uso on Saturday. Um, but I'll really be interested to see, okay, well, how many snaps does he get versus Iowa State? I, I think we're going to see TJ Smith back in the rotation plenty. Uh, but that's kind of how I see it going. Now, let's let's talk a little bit about what's on the line for this weekend. What, what are things I'm going to be kind of watching for, talking about outside of just what is going on specifically on the field? Now, we, we started Big 12 play with a win on the road. And, and you know, everyone likes, to, everyone likes to bitch about K-State going on the road, first game of conference play, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to say this. When you can win that first game, when you can win that first game and in this year, you're like, all right, you now have four games at home, four on the road rest of the way, and you already have a win in your belt, and then some of those times, especially if it, if we're opening up on the road, in some of these years where you have, you know, five home games, you'd have five home games with three on the road in your final eight. I mean, I'll I'll open up on the road every single year. I don't mind it. But I know when the uh, schedule gets released later on, my guess is late October, early November for next year. And if we're opening up on the road. People are going to bitch, and if we're not, there's going to be a lot of sarcasm out there. It doesn't matter. But getting that win truly does put you in the driver's seat for Arlington. Going to Oklahoma, getting that win puts you in the driver's seat. Because now every single week, you win a game. Every single week from now on, until you lose your first game, you are going to end that week either top of the 12 or tied for being top of the 12. Every single week, you can put a little bit of distance between you and someone else who is going to be battling for that berth in Arlington. Now, last year, I, I think I, I kept saying until we get the third loss, it's, it's always been until we get the third loss, I'm going to make the number one thing about getting to Arlington. And I tried to do the math. I, I think it would be hella hard to get to Arlington 6-3. and three. I, I know everyone thinks there's going to be madness. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think someone is going to reel off a 9-0, 8-1 type season. So why not, why not K-State? We already, we already played our toughest game. I'm not going to predict that right now. No, I'm not going to. But until you get that first loss, you are in that driver's seat. There's a very real world where you are alone at 2-0 at the top of the Big 12 at the end of this week. Oklahoma State has to go to Baylor. I think Baylor's favorited. Iowa State's the favorite on the road at KU. And you're playing Texas Tech. There is a very real world that if you win on Saturday, you are alone, top of the Big 12, at 2-0. And as I said after the Tulane game, the goal for this season is to make it to Arlington. Once you make it to Arlington, anything can happen. But getting to that 2-0 mark with a rivalry game, Staring you down the barrel in Ames, Iowa. With a bye week after that. Folks. Everything is on the table this weekend. 
You, you know the team, at least you hope the team is not looking past Texas Tech at Iowa State. You know? I don't think you can say with 100% certainty after we saw what we saw versus Tulane. I don't I don't think you can say that with 100% certainty. But, but again, you have it all right there in front of you. You have it at an 11 a.m. game. And I, I think a lot has been made about the 11 a.m. game. And I, I think it was Kellis Robinette who got in touch with Gene Taylor and uh, he, he had a blog up on uh, the Kansas City Star Sports website. And credit to Derek Young because I think he was on Twitter and he was saying this as well. K-State chose to play this game at 11 a.m. Because once it goes to ESPN+, Plus, I guess K-State gets to choose. I didn't think it was that case for conference games, but it sounds like it was. It sounds like Chris Kleiman likes that because the players aren't going to be cooped up in the hotel for longer than they need to. They're able to wake up, get a meeting in, eat some breakfast, and it's almost game time. And I like that mentality. And then he says, hey, the coaches can get a jump start on breaking down film. The players can enjoy themselves on a Saturday night. And then it's time to go. Iowa State. Farmageddon week on Sunday. I'm kind of right there with them. You know, I'm going to go in, and I think K-State fans want to go in, get that win versus Texas Tech, go home, watch some college football, enjoy being top of the 12. But again, when you get that first win, you're not playing catch-up. You're not playing, okay, when is Oklahoma going to get another loss? Okay, when is... Oklahoma State going to lose. You don't have to play those games. And that is what that win versus Oklahoma gave you. And that's what a win on Saturday Saturday morning is going to allow you to keep. The next thing, and again, I, I understand that folks are like, oh, just win, rankings don't matter, blah, 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 blah. But having that number next to your name you're on the ESPN scroll just a little bit more. You're making it into college football podcasts, national podcasts, just a little bit more. And again, you would be lying if you said you didn't have a shit ton of fun trolling and giving your KU friends a little bit of grief that we got into the top 25 and they didn't. You know... To stay in the top 25, you need to get that next win. You want to start climbing the standings. You want to start climbing into people's lexicon. You want to keep climbing and getting that respect. Now, if it wasn't for the Tulane game, I mean, we'd probably be top 20, top 15. Let's not worry about that. But take care of Texas Tech. Maybe the coach's poll will wake up a little bit. You're going to put a little bit of distance in between yourself and some of these rivals right here on the fringe of the top 25. And again, I'd be lying if I didn't say I I have a lot of fun needling folks, kind of looking at where different people put us in the AP poll. I like being ranked, so that's definitely on. Next thing that's on the line, again, it's legacy-type games. Every game is going to be a legacy-type game from here on out for your stars. Adrian Martinez was finally able to shed this cloak that was hovering around him during his time at K-State. Just on the two Q&A episodes from one Tuesday to the next, People went from talking about wanting to play Jake Rubley, from wanting to see Will Howard, to benching Adrian Martinez, to talking about where does he rank against all the other Big 12 quarterbacks. Oh, is he in the Heisman hunt? Oh, can he keep doing this? Where where does he rank? Where does that one game rank amongst K-State quarterback solo games? For better or worse... Every single game Adrian Martinez plays from here on out is going to be judged against that Oklahoma game. 
Can he replicate it? Can he come close to replicating it? I don't think Texas Tech's defense is nearly as good as Oklahoma's. But I'm also, and again, I, I hope I'm wrong. I'm not expecting us to play at that level in this game. I, I'm not going to call it a letdown, but again, we had to play pretty darn well. I don't think we played perfect by any means. But we played pretty darn well to do that. I don't know if we replicate that. But for better or worse, anytime he has an incomplete pass, anytime he's running for it and doesn't pick up a first down, he's get, people are going to utter the phrase, where is Adrian Martinez from the Oklahoma game? I mean, it's definitely not fair. But that's just what he's going to have to deal with. Can Deuce Vaughn have a superstar type of game? Again, he had 120 yards on, I think, like 20 carries versus Oklahoma. That's a career game for so many running backs in Power 5 football. And we're like, oh, yeah, can he get, go back to getting a superstar game? I'm making fun of myself there. But I think, again, with this increased amount of attention that Adrian Martinez is getting, not only in the passing game, but in the running game, is only going to open stuff up as well. I'll talk about this in the keys to V as well, but I went back and watched some of the Texas-Texas Tech game, and I do think the way Texas Tech chooses to play defense, and I think also with Adrian Martinez proving he can sling the ball around a little bit, I think it is going to allow some pretty big holes. I think we are going to be able to gash Texas Tech in the running game when they give us the pictures, when they give us the looks that we want. So when we get those, we need to see Deuce Vaughn do Deuce Vaughn things. I want to see a home run or two from him. Next, Felix Daniel DK Uzama, the most held man in all of college football. You know... I think the legend of Felix really started to take off that Texas Tech game. Now, you know, Nate Matlack had a great game versus Texas Tech as well. But when Felix single-handedly took on a triple-team block and got that safety, that flipped that entire game. And truthfully, the season for both K-State and Texas Tech. This is a guy who recently within this week, was being mocked draft as a top five NFL pick. Now, it's still super early for the mock draft stuff. I think there's probably more mock drafts that have him going early to mid-second round than in the top ten. But this is a guy who is performing for his draft stock week in, week out, performing for his legacy to go up against all these great defensive ends in the K-State record books, in K-State's history. And also, here's the thing. In a game like this versus Texas Tech, a team that is going to try to get the ball out super quick, Felix is going to have to be on his A game, make every single step, every single movement he makes count. Because they're trying to go one, two, three, and get the ball out as quick as they can. Felix is going to have to be in his guy's grill and breathing down the neck of whoever the Texas Tech quarterback is. Because they might be, I mean, who knows who's going to play. This was uh, the week where their original starter could maybe come back. And also, big Jalen Pickle, he's going to have to be batting some balls down. Definitely going to be watching for that. And then the final thing that I, I'm really going to be dialed in on rest of this week and that game is what's what's the crowd going to bring it like on Saturday? We're closing in on another sellout. Again, I uh, I, I was asked the question in the Q&A, and sure enough, uh, K-State puts out a, uh, a tweet and sent out an email with all the graphics. So as of this morning, there was less than 750 tickets for the Texas Tech game, less than 600 for Oklahoma State, less than 1,500 for Texas, and less than 250 for the KU game. It's an 11 a.m. game. I know everyone talks about how that, that kind of neuters the crowd, all this type of stuff. Can the students pack out the student section? Can everyone else get to their seats, make some noise, and really give them that, that boost? 
you know, again, the, the atmosphere was good in Norman, Oklahoma. But I have seen it on many occasions be louder and more intimidating in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I want to see that from the students. I want to see it from the alumni. I want to see it from everyone in the stadium. Making it a loud, hostile spot for the opponent even at 11 a.m. Because again, and, and I don't, I don't know if I don't know if they need to send this on an all-campus-wide email. I don't know if if you know I need to hack you know the emails of every single person who's a K-State fan. I, I, I've seen some folks trying to get rid of their tickets, you know. I, and again, I think we'll get the sellout. I think we'll be up above fifty thousand once again. But guys. The hunt for Arlington is on, and we're facing one of the only other 1-0 teams in the conference. This is the only 1-0 versus 1-0. This is the only conference record undefeated game on the slate because Oklahoma State still hasn't played a conference game. People should not be trying to get rid of their tickets. This needs to be appointment coming rabid drinking your Irish coffees, screwdrivers, Bloody Marys, whatever drink of choice you have, come in, be angry, make it a loud, intimidating place. So I'm definitely going to keep my eye out for that. Let's get into the Keys to V. I mean, technically, the Keys to V are not sponsored for a few more days, but hey, guess what? Charlie Hustle's coming back. We love you, Charlie. All right, let's get into it. The first one is coming from my guy, Jason. First key to V for the Boneheads from Jason. Win on fourth down. Texas Tech will go for it. You need to make them pay for it. Yeah, I think they went for it eight times. They went for it eight times versus Texas, I believe. That's wild, folks. Four times. No, eight times. Eight times versus Texas. They were going for it like inside their own 35. Basically, once they pick up a first down, as long as they're not inside their own 25, there's a very real chance they're going to go for it. They picked up six of eight on fourth down. Six of eight. Now, to go along with that key which is winning fourth down. You have to really take care of business whenever you get a third and long situation. This kind of changes the math. It kind of has to change the mentality when you're going versus a team who's basically going to say, fuck it, we're going to go for it on five to eight fourth downs a game. You can't, on a fourth and 12, you can't just be like, all right, we're fine giving you eight. You have to keep that mentality. You have to keep that anger. You have to pin your ears back and treat that like it was a third and four. Because if they even pick up a handful of yards, you best believe Joey McGuire is going to go for it again. And when he does go for it, just like Jason said, you have to make them pay for it. You cannot be giving them extra lives on offense. You just can't. If we give up six of eight, if we're giving up, you know, what is that, 72%? I should have known that. If we're giving up 75% fourth down conversion rate, we are going to be in a lot of trouble. So you have to win on fourth down. It's a great key to V from Jason. The next one from my guy Joel holding it down in Johnson County with me. Joel says, keep Adrian Martinez in rhythm. We, I think one of the keys, or at least whether it was one of mine or one of the live show keys, every single week, all season long, was about getting Adrian Martinez in rhythm. Now that we finally have it, now that we kind of saw what in rhythm for Adrian Martinez can look like? We can't stop. We need to keep it going. Need to keep it going. 
Because if he plays in rhythm, if he plays similar to what we saw versus Oklahoma, I don't believe Texas Tech is talented enough to beat us. So if we keep him in that rhythm, keep that going, keep that hype, keep that love around him going, things are going to be great. So this is inspired, my first one inspired from Powercat Ryan. He actually sent me a Twitter DM pointing this out. Mine is get a non-offensive score. Um, Since 2004, we've had either a special teams touchdown, a defensive touchdown, or safety in every game except for 2020 and 2014. But we did have four interceptions in 2014. So getting back to making those big plays on defense or a special team score after not forcing a turnover, did not force a turnover versus Oklahoma. Coming into that game, I think we were forcing a turnover on 22, I believe it was 22% of our defensive possessions, non-garbage time defensive possessions. So we didn't turn them over once. And while we did have a nice big kick return from the crib god himself, Malik Knowles, he didn't take it to the house. It, it was it, it did get momentum back on our side. It was a massive one. Massive one. Didn't take it to the house. So I'm looking to try to get back on the board with either a special teams touchdown, a defensive touchdown, or I will take a safety. Because honestly, getting a safety is pretty lit. I, I love it when my team gets a safety. Final one, and I, and I reference this, attack the numbers on offense. Texas Tech had to sell out at times versus Texas by packing the box to try to to stop the Texas rushing attack. So I I think we are going to see them in similar situations. And when we see those looks, you need to have trust in either the check with me process or in Adrian Martinez making the audible so you can do that quick little two-man screen game out there on the boundaries. So you can do some of those quick slants to pick up the third down if they're trying to pack the box on third and four. Because if they're going to sell out to stop the run like we saw them do versus Texas, power, a read, even a stretch play, all these plays are going to be an uphill battle. We saw some of that versus versus Tulane as well. We didn't check out of it, or if we did... You know, on those quick slants overthrow, on those screen passes, we couldn't get that little chip and on block, and the wide receiver couldn't make someone miss. So you have to trust the picture, trust the audibles, trust the check with me. Because once you hit them with a couple of those plays where they're like, well, shit, third and four, second and six, we can't we can't sell out, put eight people in the box to stop Deuce Vaughn. Can't do that. Then what happens, that's when you gash them. That's when you find your rushing lanes and you get those home run type plays. You get Cooper Beebe up there on the second level and Deuce Vaughn is running for a 38-yard gain. You have Phillip Brooks be able to spring out a sweep. Getting that block downfield. These are stuff. These are things that didn't happen versus Tulane that did versus Oklahoma, and that is the difference between this being a successful offense and a and a quite frankly pitiful offense. When you look at the running game and those quick screen game out passes, all that type of stuff. So we'll see what happens with those keys to V. It's time to do our weekly pick them, but before we do, you know them, you love them. We're part of the 1012 Network. When the 1012 Network and Sports Strength decide, hey, let's become Facebook official, that means that I get to hang out with all my friends at 1012 Network. If you want the best Big 12 podcast out there, check out the 1012 Pod. If you want all the best Big 12 team specific shows, 1012 Network, they gotcha. I am so pumped because, you know, for this week, I've done a lot of stuff with both these podcasts. We have Tortillas and Takes with the 1012 Podcast. We have the 23 Personnel with Sports Drink. Check out both of those Texas Tech Podcasts, 23 Personnel, there with Sports Drink. 
Tortillas and Take over at the 1012 Podcast Network. Check them both out. There's a lot of Texas Tech podcasts out there, but if you're looking to go behind enemy lines, be checking out those two. All right, so like I said, Pick'em is here. Uh, what's funny is we, we, we differed a hand, quite a bit last week. Uh, you know, I think there were like five or six that me and the Boneheads were different. But despite that, we were both 11-4. and four. So I keep my four-game lead at 48-12. and 12. Boneheads at 44-16. and 16. Let's get into it. Oklahoma rebounding at TCU. The Boneheads have Oklahoma 90% of the way. I have them as well. Oklahoma State going to Waco, Texas to take on Baylor. Boneheads have Oklahoma State 60%. I'm going with Baylor. Here's the thing. We still don't know anything about Oklahoma State at all. We know nothing. They had one of the weakest uh, non-conference schedules in the entire conference. So we know nothing about them. So I'm going with Baylor because they played uh, a salty BYU team. They beat Iowa State on the road, and I actually think that the score shows it as a closer game than it was. So I'm going uh, Baylor winning that at home. Iowa State at KU. uh, Boneheads have Iowa State 71%. Iowa State, four-and-a-half-point favorites. I was a little surprised about that. I was a little surprised about that. But just because I do not want to be facing Iowa State coming off of two straight losses to start the season, and again, this is going to be the toughest game KU's played all year. I'm going with Iowa State, but I am fully prepared to be wrong on this one. I mean, w- w- this will be kind of like a gut check Saturday morning. You might see me you know, placing a little money line sprinkle somewhere where legal bets are taken here in the great state of Kansas. West Virginia going to Texas. Boneheads have Texas 85%. Yes, I think Texas, I think they might win that one big. I think they might take some stuff out on West Virginia. Kentucky at Ole Miss down in the Grove. Boneheads have Kentucky 69, a very nice 69%. I'm going with Ole Miss. I don't know why, uh, but the advanced numbers... The betting folks, they all say take Ole Miss, so I'm going to take Ole Miss. Washington at UCLA. Boneheads have the Huskies, 83%. I, too, am going with Washington. The Pac-12 is just gross this year. Uh, USC might just sleepwalk to an undefeated record. The 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 Pac-12 is gross. Texas A&M at Mississippi State. Boneheads have Texas A&M, 63%. I mean, kind of similar to the last Mississippi game. I'm going with Mississippi State because all the numbers I look at say Mississippi State. I don't know why. Texas A&M should win quite comfortably. But no, I'm going with Mississippi State. Maybe this is the week the Boneheads catch me. Uh, NC State at Clemson. The Boneheads have Clemson 59%. I, too, have Clemson. Uh, Both the Boneheads and I are on the underdog, plus 2.5 to Lane at Houston. I mean, definitely go to line. That Houston line, Houston being favored really does puzzle me there. That's a Friday night game. Uh, this originally, I think, was supposed to be on Friday night. It has been rescheduled for uh, Sunday because of the hurricane. Uh, SMU at UCF. Boneheads have UCF 58%. I'm rocking with UCF as well. UTSA going to the Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee State after their big win versus Miami. I'm going meep, meep all the way. I have UTSA. Uh, Boneheads have UTSA 66%. Indiana at Nebraska. Boneheads have Indiana 79%. Again, (laughs) what does Vegas know? This is really kind of turning into me trusting Vegas when it is a line that I don't understand. Because they have Nebraska favored by five and a half points. So I'm going with Nebraska. I'm really I'm really I'm, I'm really going to uh, try to figure things out. And then the final game, San Diego State at Boise State, another one that I just don't understand, but I'm going with it. I'm testing some theories this week. This is 7 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Boise State favored by six. The Boneheads have San Diego State 57%. I'm going with Boise State. I'm not going to put money on that because Boise State 
has lost me money this year. And finally, the Boneheads have K-State winning at a 96% margin over Texas Tech. A rematch of the inaugural Big 12 game back in 1996. I, too, am going with K-State. I have K-State winning 31-24. That's how I see it. Tweet me your score prediction. And again, we're going to be going live on Spotify Green Room. Spotify Live, actually. I miss I miss them calling it Green Room, but it is what it is. We'll be going live at 7 p.m. So if you want all your predictions, please join that live show and let me hear it. So that's all we got. So for my dog, Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup, the official co-host of Bosco's Boys, for the Sports Drink Podcasting Network, for the 1012 Network, for all the good boys and girls of Wildcat Land, we love you guys, and go Cats. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight. Fight, 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 glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Go state! Podcast Network.